Welcome to Greedo Shot First. I'm Benjamin Light. I'm Marco Sparks. And we are back because there's a new Star Wars movie out. Rogue One, a Star Wars story, even though that title card only said Rogue One. Uh, what'd you <laughs> think, Marco? Uh, I didn't hate the movie, but I liked I liked the last 45 minutes. I, You know, the rest of it was just okay. Let me ask you this. Okay. I'm curious. I don't know the answers. How many times have you seen it? Rogue One? Yes. Once. Okay. Guess how many I times I've seen it? More than once? No, just once. Okay. How many times had you seen The Force <laughs> Awakens by now, this time last year? Uh, <laughs> four or five? I think it was like five for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that says a lot right there. Um, I was not much fan of this movie. The last, the third act was a lot of fun. I mean, I have quibbles, but it was mostly enjoyable for me. And I think it kind of, you know, ended on that high note, which I feel like is why people are giving it a lot of credit. But the rest of the movie is just blah. And like the more I think about it, like the more it annoys me. Ugh. <laughs> like, I don't know why we needed to spend two thirds of the how they stole the Death Star plans movie not stealing the Death Star plans or even really talking about stealing them. Yeah. Um, it wasn't much of a Star Wars movie. That's my thing. It really didn't feel like a Star Wars movie. I know that's a pernicious thing to say, but like the music was not feeling it. Um, the little like title cards, like telling us what planet we're on and all the jumping around it does at the beginning. Like, man, like there's a certain point where I, I was tempted to just turn to you and be like, hey, this sucks, right? <laughs> because it was just going nowhere. I mean, I wouldn't say that it actively sucked unless you're to me, it's the bottom end of my star Wars list. People put this better than empire. I don't get it all. People are saying like as good as empire, better than empire. Like you're high, like stop embarrassing yourself. um, But it didn't actively suck. And I say that only because this is a year that included movies like suicide squad. (laughs) Well, let me, let me try to talk about some things I like before I, I just start tearing it apart. Um, I, I, like we said, when they, when they got to Scarif, I felt like even though the whole like need to patch me into this thing to talk to the other thing, to talk to so-and-so, it was a little convoluted, but still it was like, this is something, this is a, an objective, you know, like our heroes need to do this and get here. And it's like, I, this, there's dramatic tension and whether or not they will, you know, succeed in doing that. Like it felt like an action scene, you know, at least Mm -hmm. that was fun. Um, what did you think? I'm sure we'll talk about it more, but what did you think about Leia in particular and her appearance? That one, to me, rang less true than Tarkin, and also the CGI felt like it was worse. That's interesting. I feel like I'm the exact opposite, and I've seen like I've seen people go both ways on this. Like to me, seeing you know fake CGI Carrie Fisher, it, it was so quick that uh-huh. I just didn't really have time to like pick it apart. Whereas like Tarkin was on the screen so much that I was like, oh my god, like this looks so bad. Like so maybe if I like I don't know see it again, I'll I'll notice the Carrie Fisher you know CGI well, more. The Carrie Fisher thing, I could see where the idea that it's for the filmmakers attractive and cool. Mm-hmm. What's the point of CGI Peter Cushing 
especially considering they did have a guy in fancy makeup. You know, well, because they wanted to make him some like major character in this movie for some reason. Which I want to talk about later, like the bizarre chain of command of the Empire. Yeah, yeah. Um, super fan servicey. It was a lot of fun to see Vader murder a bunch of people. I think that uh, that's probably it probably should not be just fun to watch that. But I don't know. That was like as an exhibition of Vader in his prime. That was enjoyable. Super weird, though, in the sense that since Vader, like he had he was missing the little chain to hold his cape on. He looked he looked weird and different, Mm -hmm. but super weird that they CGI so that Vader also winked at the camera. (laughs) Just like all the other fan servicey moments. Um, I found that Donnie Yen's character Chirrut annoyed me a little. Uh, I liked Bayes more, even though there there really wasn't much there other than like this actor, this actor, and like him trying to like work some charisma into things. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I, I felt like he he did what he could with the material, and uh, Bodhi Rook there, Riz Ahmed, like. It's not until they get to Scarif, but like suddenly he actually seems like a human being, like among the characters who mostly don't really seem like human beings. So I thought that uh, he became relatable once they got to Scarif. Really? Yeah, not until then. Like before, it's like, why the fuck is this person in the movie? But like when he was just like, we need to do this and this. And like he's like kind of like scared, but determined. It was like, hey, you, you seem like a recognizable human person now. Okay. I felt like. I kept waiting for the reveal when they did this, the the psychic squid thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like as it starts like caressing him and stuff, I thought they were going to be like, yeah, we're just funning you. Like it can't <laughs> actually read your mind. Usually people just spit out the truth before it starts like sliming their, their, their face. Yeah. That whole thing was abandoned plot line there. Um, I feel pretty good about Jimmy Smith's getting paid to be in this movie. Uh, I miss the turtleneck. Miss a turtleneck, but like, just cash those checks, Jimmy. You know, just get that money. I felt like he got the double wink moment of mm-hmm. like, uh, like I have a friend on Tatooine. Wink. Boy, who are you going to send the message to? Someone I trust with my life. Wink, wink. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, what do you have? Like three lines in this whole movie? It's a lot of just standing around and kind of like nodding sagely as oh. other people say things. He comes out of the darkness to appear on like over Mon Mothma's shoulder. And I swear to God, it was like Kramer coming in the Jerry's apartment. Like we were supposed to pause for the, the applause. Hey, everyone, oh, it's Bail Organa. Yeah. And favorite. <laughs> but yeah, uh, good job. I was Smith. shocked they didn't have fucking Boa Fett walking around in the back. Oh, I know. It's, it's kind of surprising they didn't have that asshole wink at the camera. Mm-hmm. Um Space battle, I'd say I mostly enjoyed. Like it was cool, like the little hammerhead pushing the other ship. Let me let me go back real quick. Just, uh, just occur to me, why would you bring in Peter Cushing and young Carrie Fisher if you're recasting Han Solo in a movie? That is the weird thing. It's like there's you can tell that they're resistant to recast unless they want to make a whole movie about it. Then they kind of have to. I mean. Young Han Solo movie with like CGI Harrison Ford before he dies. No. I feel like I want to hear this out. No, I, I, I can't say that it would out. be successful. Hmm. I, don't, I don't want to watch a whole movie with creepy Uncanny Valley. Like, and I, I feel like that would only enable Star Wars fans to think of even more terrible ideas to put on screen. I guess then Ryan Gosling will come out and shoot him. Mm-hmm. 
um, I did kind of laugh when it turns out that they're going to have to like climb up this column in the center of a chasm to reach the Death Star plans. Like just the the design of the archive that it requires you to like leap across and grab onto something and start climbing to get the plans. Well, I think it it's was, like uh, the, absurd in like the likable Star Wars kind of way. It's like the machine in the arcade. Like it's supposed to have the little claw that comes down and yeah. picks it up. But like they don't have intergalactic internet. No, you no. Have, you have to go all the way to outer space Hawaii to get the plans. That makes sense to me because obviously the internet would mean that they could have just sent, you know, instead of get, going to Alderaan, they could have just like gone to a terminal and uploaded the plans all over the place. So I'll buy that at least. Hmm. Um, what do you think of Darth Vader's castle? I thought to myself, you know, on, on the whole, like Darth Vader's castle isn't what bothers me. Like on a lava planet, like shouldn't he be terrified of lava? I guess he just goes there to brood. Be like, oh my god, I hate lava so much. Well, and his, just like power up his dark side rage. Well, and his back to tank, mm-hmm. which is probably just like only like half back to half like rage semen now. But like his like helper guy is this weird Palpatine like cosplayer. Yeah, I don't know who the fuck that guy was supposed to be. Um, I I think somewhere someone said that like it's like on one of the books or something that. Palpatine has ordered Vader to like live there in his castle just like to be a dick to him or something. You go to your castle and you think about what you've done. Yeah. Uh, well, like how like, often is he in the back to tank? Just oof. does he just like, get called when needed? <laughs> like does Krennic who's whatever. Like he looked like a yeah, a poor man's Ian McKellen. Um, does Krennic like like it's just like what is this like he has to go report to his two bosses, you know? Like he has to go ask Tarkin what to do. Well, he has to go all the way out of his way to like talk to Vader in his ca- like castle. Middle, he's like middle management. And yeah, he just like wants to go like complain to like his boss's boss or something. Um, uh, Krennic, I, I I just was not feeling him the whole time. He just seemed like another sniveling imperial. But like this time, he had a lisp. It was like he had like his retainer kept falling out or something while he was talking. Yeah, or his false teeth. Yeah, 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 false but, teeth. I mean, that it's like he had Dracula teeth in or something. Well, it was like, hey, guy, you've been nothing but a dick and, like, I'm sure backing out of deals with people nonstop. You're fucking shocked that Grand Moff Tarkin is, like, snaked the victory or the credit yeah. from you? Whoa. Although Wait, I feel like, are you in? I feel like maybe that was a little below Tarkin to be all, like, nah, you know? Like, I feel like Tarkin would have done it a little more subtly and not, like, in front of everyone. It's like, who, who outranks who? Like, should you just be shouting at each other in front of the troops? Supposedly, like form. according to an interview with the with the one dude, it's Byzantine, but Tarkin outranks director Krennic, which yeah. obviously. But like, I felt like Tarkin might as well be smoking a cigarette and like flicking in Krennic's face when he's done. Yeah, yeah. All right. So those are the nice things I had to say about the movie. Um, and now for a few complaints. Oh. The all the, pretty much all the main characters, a few exceptions, just one-dimensional dull cutouts like Jin and Cassian snooze like boring generic oh what the fuck I liked I liked Felicity Jones I don't think her character was written particularly well I I think I actively dislike Cassian Andor Cassian sucked like which also they introduced, Cassian yeah, this guy should have way douchier hair 
They introduce him like shooting an informant in the back to be like, ooh, he's dark. But like I did not get a uh, kind of morally flexible spy vibe out of him because he seemed like so pouty all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not sure quite what they're going for because this seemed like the kind of guy who wouldn't shoot anyone in the back. And that the t- kind of character who would be some more like a moral type of spy, like who's this guy is definitely not capable of playing. They would need a different actor for that. Like, I just I don't know what the fuck they're going for with this character, but I, it didn't land at all. Like he, he shoots guy one time. He's supposed to kill Galen and he just doesn't for whatever reason. Late, later on, he's like, no, we need to keep fighting because I've done too much horrible shit already. And it's like. Okay, but he, is he, that your arc? <laughs> you need you need the like, ends to justify your means. Is that what you're saying? Here's the thing about Diego Luna, though. Only so much of of Gail Garcia Bernal's like uh, talent can rub off on him. Yeah. <laughs> no, he he seemed like he should have been playing a different type of character than the uh, the kind of he like grizzled. Been the pilot grizzled spy veteran like that he just cannot pull that off at all i feel like him and rizometti should have switched characters uh sure maybe i don't know i mean well, literally anybody should have played cassian Andor oh, or like, cassian's ter- character was terribly written so i don't know what you would do with that anyway but well i i'm talking about the moves if you haven't seen it you're fucked but like you know the ending yeah, spoiler alert by the way I don't want to see his face as they're wiped out by outer space Hiroshima. I, I want to see her that, face. That was weird that his face was what you saw, not hers. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, um, Saw Guerrera? Lies! Deception! What the fuck? Is he just, was he supposed to be high or something? He's like sucking on nitrous. Like that got a laugh from the audience, didn't it? Yeah, if I recall, yeah, like well, that, that people are. I me. think people just didn't know what the fuck to make of it. With the weird, like droid prosthetic feet, and just the lies, deception. I keep seeing people be like, "Oh, he's like the rebel Darth Vader because he's all cybernetic." It's like, no, just because he has parts to him as well as Vader doesn't mean that they're somehow like mirror images. You know, like I'm sorry, you didn't earn that type of uh, thematic comparison there. I feel like a lot of those dudes probably have prosthetics because of their grizzled yeah. war status, but you know, with, but lesser because of like the Rebel Alliance healthcare plan is probably shit. Well, he's the you know the the hardcore hardcore rebel that like he's too too crazy for the normal rebels. You know, he's too extreme, and yet at a certain point, he's just like fuck it, I'll just die. I don't care. Suddenly, I'm giving up. Like. I, I, not since Pa Kent allowed himself to get killed by that tornado and Man of Steel has a character like wanted more to just get out of the movie that they're in. I, you know, it's funny. <laughs> well, the last movie I saw in the theater being rewatching Arrival, like Forrest Whitaker is positively underplaying it in that movie. <laughs> well, why save the rebellion, save the dream? Like what? Why? Why are you even saying that? What dream? What are you talking about? Like, you're not really like, part of the rebellion. You're just reading off a cue card because they told you they're going to use this line in the trailer. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, well, so so real quick, going back to Cassian and, and Jin or so, like, 
I never felt at, at the at the council thing when she's re-delivering his line about rebellions being built on hope, which, which they're not. True. But um, like it, it should have been something where it's like she never believed that. Now when she repeats it, she learns the value of those words. Mm-hmm. But it never came off like that. It always just came off like this is the kind of backwards logic that works on you morons. I'll just repeat what I heard that asshole say to you. Well, you know, on paper that was supposed to be like, ooh, here's the callback when she tells him. And that really hits home. But it's like, I'm sorry, you can you can put that on paper, but that's different from earning it. You know, like this whole movie felt like, oh, we're going to put some backstory in here about her father. And it's going to be tragic. And her mom died. And it's like, yeah, but I don't care because you didn't make me like care about that. Like just just giving the character a tragic backstory doesn't automatically mean that you've done good character work for them. I mean, who who the fuck is Jin Urso as a person? She was like a totally boring, underwritten cipher. She goes from being like, oh, I don't want anything to do with this, to be like, oh, hey, guys, let's do it. Because uh, my dad died, I guess. What do you think yeah. of K2SO? Um, I liked him for about 10 minutes. There was like the third or fourth time it was like we got to cut to him to end the scene on a sarcastic line. It was yeah. like, wait, is that all you have for him? Like, is this the only way you know how to get a joke into the movie is to like cut to him to like deliver the punchline at the end of the scene? I feel like. Although weirdly, feel like, he got the only death that like had even the smallest amount of like feeling to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a metaphor about this movie, I feel like. But like, uh-huh. uh, I felt like there's a deleted scene of him bumping into R2 and C3PO in the rebel base and like saying like something, something homophobic to them. Well, so the droids, I mean, that was just like, Oh, come on. That was so cheesy. Uh, working in Ponda Baba and uh, Dr. Evazon or whatever that guy's name is on Jetta. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah. 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 The guys from the, uh, the doesn't uh, like you. Yeah. 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 Syphilis. Uh, no. yeah. It's just like, People complain about fan service in The Force Awakens, and they're going to defend this. Uh, I also, how did you feel about cutting in Red Leader and Gold Leader, like footage from Episode Four? You know what i <laughs> I didn't recognize them watching really? one. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, it so, stood out to me immediately. Did it? Okay, so I mean, I, I I read about it later, and I was like, oh, okay. Like it was like the exact lines from star wars i was like oh they just reused the footage like it seemed kind of chintzy to me i I thought it was i thought it was from deleted scenes from new hope no those lines are directly from the movie Mm. um what about uh like barristan selmy weirdly he works for me even though he doesn't totally look like the donna from star wars he he looks close enough and he's just being like general guy that like it's like hey look you can just recast someone you know like you can just do that rather than doing like creepy frankenstein cgi yeah yeah what did you think of the attempt to make the characters kind of morally compromised whatever i I didn't really feel too much what did you think about the rebels being a bunch of like like no we, we need to surrender we can't do this Oh, I thought that was like, man, I didn't really respect the rebellion in this stage that much before. Uh, God, they're a bunch of just pansy assholes. Um, What a bunch of pussies. 
I wanted them to cut to like the great John from Game of Thrones. You know, your meat is bloody tough. I mean, I could see if you had like a a weaselly senator or two who's kind of poo pooing and like Jin's arguing with them. And then like Mon Motha kind of like puts her foot down and shows some steel there. Like Mm -hmm. that to me would make sense because it's like, oh, you're going to see why Mon Motha is the leader of the rebellion. Instead, she didn't say shit. She's just like, well, maybe we should surrender, I guess. I don't know. I'm just some asshole who's a leader of the rebellion. Like, yeah. like if somebody was going to give a speech in that scene, it should have been Mon Mothma. Uh, so annoying. Because yeah. Jin, it made no sense for Jin's character for her to suddenly be all like gung-ho, I want to be a leader. Are there no other engineers on the Death Star project whatsoever that like this pretty glaring massive flaw couldn't be recognized? I hated that. I hated that so much. The the retcon of like, oh, we we put this flaw in, that's why there was a flaw that could destroy the Death Star. Like that did not need to be explained or fixed. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it made it instead of like Oh, the rebels need to find the Death Star plans. It it was like, oh, uh, this dude shows up by hologram like 50 minutes into the movie. And it's like, hey, guys, guess what? I put a back door into this Death Star thing. Uh, it's to blow up the reactor. You just basically got to, you know, damage it and the whole thing will blow. Uh, just go to this one planet and get the plans from there. And that's it. like he's just telling them everything. Like they get the whole dump right there. And it's like, wow, that was lazy. <laughs> and then they spend like the next 40 minutes not doing what he tells them to do. It's just like plot blocking where they're like, well, he did tell us exactly what we needed to do to destroy the Death Star, but we're going to go fuck off to this other rainy planet first. What a shithole, too, for those guys to have to work out. That that whole section on Yadu or whatever they called it sucked. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you couldn't tell what was going on. It's dark and murky. You've got uh, Chirrut there somehow. He's not a Jedi, but he can just like take down a whole fucking TIE fighter or like 360 no scoping it because he's blind. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. With his like staff bow, crossbow. Oh, I'm not a Jedi. Just dodge bullets better than a Jedi can. That's all. I don't know. To me, it was like they they made such a big deal initially of like, oh, this is a movie about the grunts. There's going to be no Jedi in this. And they're like, yeah, but we still want somebody to do some cool shit. So this guy's going to be like a Jedi in all but name. He's a guardian of the wills. Asian daredevil here. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like, it's just weird to see his particular uh, philosophy influence with the bow and everything. And the other guy, Maze, who's Maze, is presumably also a former guardian of the will. Yeah, they both were. He went full like weird rocket pack super blaster thing. Um, he reminded me of uh, uh, the guy from Big Trouble in Little China a lot. The one sidekick guy. Okay, sure, sure. Um, with the the force would cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the Death Troopers? I mean, whatever you know. Like- <laughs> Did they do anything? I can't even remember. They I mean, died. They shot uh, Lyra, which, by the way, Lyra Urso there. Like, do you just not give a shit about your child at all? No. Yeah, that's fucked up. You're like, that's well, we could get away and my husband just covered for us and he's going to sacrifice himself so that we can live free. 
and maybe we'll be able to rescue him later. Nah, the fuck off. I don't care about you, little kid. You just go hide. I'm going to go pursue some revenge. Yeah, just go get in our cave panic room. Mm-hmm. Well, like, there's like a flashback to like happier times between those three. Uh, they're all like I'm, having cocktails and Coruscant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just presume that Krennic like made a move on Lyra at one point and it was just like. Well, I, I've been trying to read the uh, tie-in novel to this catalyst that you know explains everything you need to know for the first two acts of this movie to make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't so far, but he like he can see that like she's she's kind of like a hippie or something, uh, and she's kind of like the polar opposite of Galen and like grounds him or whatever. And Granick's just like, oh, this chick's gonna be trouble. She's too like you know, hippy dippy, like peaceful. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Galen's like, here, try this. I made it myself. <laughs> Uh, the flashbacks served no point, really, other than to be like, yep, my dad knew Krennic back in the day. You know, like, yeah, it wasn't like waking up from a traumatic dream. I don't know. It was stupid. Yeah. Oh, and it's just like capes. <laughs> I need I need more capes in my uniforms. And the whole diversion to Edu was. It was like just there to give some more kind of character moments to Jin and Cassie and be like, ooh, he's not going to kill Galen, even though he has orders to, even though those orders are stupid. Mm-hmm. And then they can argue about it. And it's just like boring. Like, like most of this movie felt like it was created to justify the movie existing to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, like we need to make a movie about Death Star plans getting stolen. Okay, well, to do that, we need a new character who can die. Because obviously they wouldn't be around in the next movie, and it's like, okay, well, let's create a whole backstory for her, and and oh, we're gonna have like dad issues and like a uh, personal link to the villain. They're just kind of adding in all this stuff when all we really cared about was stealing the Death Star plans, mm-hmm. and it didn't really? even line up that well. Like, why the fuck was the Tantive Four strapped to the side of the main Rebel ship? Like, yeah, it didn't. It, like, if you go watch A New Hope, it doesn't exactly follow. Like, those transmissions were not beamed. To her ship by rebel spies. I know there's like a whole comic backstory or whatever now in this new canon, but like, uh-huh. what if what if his name had just been like Cassian Dameron? Like Poe's dad. I mean, they, yeah, there is. Like, if they were just Poe's yeah. parents. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> Why not? I mean, at least that's a character you've already somewhat established. And she's like, guess who I'm not? Ray's mom. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Um, so that was, I haven't even got to the stuff I really hated yet. Let's see. I feel like, was there, was there like a moment that really like grabbed you by the emotions at any point in this movie? The emotions? Like, like Ray calling the lightsaber to her. Oh, no, no. Or like Luke versus Vader, like Final Fight and Jedi. No, no, no. This movie reminded me that I'm dead inside. Yeah. Like, it, I just wasn't feeling it. Even at the beginning when they're trying to make it sad that her mom dies, I was just kind of like, this is dumb. Well, I'm like, I'm like you. I'm like, man, her mom is a bad mom. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she's dead. Well, and his bodyguards kind of suck. They let him get shot. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it's not like you're an elite trooper to be a deaf trooper yeah tarkin i i thought just looked awful it, it looked like like a animatronic almost to me like the way he would move sometimes like it mm. was just 
I, I was not feeling it. And they kept coming back to him over and over again. Like, I, I seriously, I'm not sure what he might have said in that first scene he showed up in because it was so distracting that I, I couldn't follow the dialogue. His, his inhuman cheekbones are a special effect all of their own. Well, I know, like, in uh, Civil War, they did, like, young Tony Stark. I thought that looked fine, or at least better. And they could they could kind of lampshade it by saying it was it was a hologram too. Um, it definitely this, felt this looked worse than fake, than young Tony Stark. Yeah, well, I think part of you just knows that he's dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a whole ethical consideration of whether or not you should be allowed to do that to a dead actor. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the Wayne Pygram up close one from Revenge of the Sith. It's not, it's not amazing, but it's not terrible. It's real. Oh, the the Tarkin guy they cast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just some dude to stand around in the background and be like, "Oh, hey, it's young Tarkin." I've seen him in other stuff. He's the he's the medicine man that Rose goes to see and lost. He could probably do a decent Peter Cushing impression. Um, what what did like, you think of the rivalry between him and Krennic? I didn't seem like as much of a rivalry. It seemed like. Krennic was his ashtray. Like, I really feel like you would have needed to read the the tie-in book to really have an idea of what was going on there. Yeah. I I like is Krennic's abysmal failure how Vader and Tarkin like come to work together. <laughs> well, and I you know I just rewatched A New Hope today, like the original seventy seven print. There's a line in there. When Vader's talking to Tarkin about like Obi Wan is here, like Tarkin calls him my friend, so it's like it seems like these guys probably worked together for a while. I always think that to be sarcastic though. I took that they they knew each other, but yeah, it's I took it. I don't know if they're like total bros or anything, but like they're familiar with each other. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that Tarkin has come over to the castle to watch (laughs) the big game, and it's just like, hey, Darth, your home's a (laughs) shithole. Have you ever thought of like, I don't know, maybe just taking out that wall, putting in like a nice floor to ceiling window? <laughs> no. Oh, because it's just a lava pit and that gives you the shakes. Also, where do you go to the bathroom? Do you go in the tank? <laughs> Does it just float around in there with you? Do you even have a dick? <laughs> with your rage semen? Also, what's with the cloaked guy? Because he looks just like your boss. Mm-hmm. Is he for sex? Is it a sex thing? Seriously, though, do you have a dick? Did it get burned <laughs> off? I'd, I'm just kind of curious now. I'd like to know. Is that why you're so angry all the time? I'm trying to think of a joke about uh, I have the high ground now mm-hmm. involving a singed off penis, but I'm not coming mm-hmm. up with it. Neither is Vader. <laughs> that whole scene where uh, Krennic goes there and like Vader like drops like a dad joke pun on him. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. It's funny they tried so hard to make Vader look like a New Hope Vader, even mm-hmm. though like it just made him look weird because everybody remembers him much more as Empire Vader when they like fix the costume. Right. I want to say they had a little bit of the same problem with Revenge of the Sith too, where like he just didn't look quite right, and it's because the original Vader costume and the original Star Wars wasn't very good. Yeah, I missed a little weird chain. Yeah, yeah. I just kept being like, where's his little chain? Because I always crack me up that like you have this fancy cybernetic suit and he has the chain <laughs> to hold his cape on. 
even even like uh, Grievous had like fancy clips that were built in. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, capes. I mean, not shocking. Same thing in the real world. Kind of a sign of an egomaniac. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, so Krennic in the book so far, he's like he comes from the core of engineering, and he literally is just like this middle management guy who's not. He's not like a military leader the same way like Tarkin would be. It's like he has his rank, but his he's basically like a jumped up like city planner or something, you know, like he, he he's like in charge of like building new headquarters and bases and stuff. Mm. Why would he get put in charge of a super military base the size of a moon then? I mean, just because he's idiot. He's maneuvered his way into being like, you know, the director of special projects or something so he can, you know source a lot of parts and build it yeah i don't know it's it's not exactly menacing oh you know one thing i totally hated the mm-hmm. in that long uh the hologram of galen where he's just info dumping like crazy he's just like telling you the backstory mm-hmm. of the whole movie and how like oh here's here's everything you didn't see in flashbacks you know about how i've been working secretly working against the empire and all this blah blah and it keeps cutting to Jin, and it's like she's crying and felicity jones is really trying to sell this as like this emotional moment mm-hmm. but like this isn't an emotional moment it's exposition he's like telling you everything you need to know to understand what's going on but they also want us to it to feel emotional at the same time and it made me wonder if maybe like they didn't shoot this the same way like one of these was a reshoot reaction shot and the other was something else i yeah, yeah, yes to all that. I, like I said, I like her, the actress. I like her casting. I'm okay with the general idea of her character. I, I think you hated it. I would actually bring back the line about, you know, I'm a rebel, I, I rebel, or whatever. Like, I would have made her much more of a troublemaker. Um, well, like, what if her, what if her dad was actually just like kind of like an evil scientist and and she literally did rebel and run away and she's a little more rough around the edges. Yeah. Well, like what if considering I think the next movie will kick off a better storyline about it. What if we didn't redeem her dad? (laughs) Yeah. What if we left that for other characters? What if we just left out the whole stupid, I, I installed a backdoor thing, you know? Can you uh, hum or whistle any of the score from this movie? Anything really stand out to you? Any themes? Um, it sounded like a lot like generic Star Wars music. To me, it sounded like like if you're playing a Star Wars video game or something, mm-hmm. or like watching one of those awful cartoons where it's like they they obviously they can't afford like a whole score, so they just kind of have some temp music that sounds Star Wars ish put in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I, I like Michael G. Kino. Um, he had like four weeks to write the score or something like that. I, I think it shows. Yeah, I don't know if I always like him. Um, his film scores. I think he does yeah. interesting TV scores. Did you like the origin of Rogue One, the name? That was epic. Yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. Is that like, I'm pretty sure they'd never used the word rogue beforehand in the movie. So it's not like. There was nothing building to that. It was just right. like, oh, the, this guy just said the name of the movie for some reason. Well, it's not like... What's the pilot's name again? Uh, Bodhi Rook. See, here's a problem. I have to ask you, because I'll see what the characters' names are. Yeah. It's not like 
Bodhi Rook and her have had a lot of scenes together, so he's appraised her, and it's like the double meaning of like him looking at her, the center point of the mission, of being like, yeah, fittingly, it's going to be Rogue One. I mean, when he turns to her and asks her, what does should the call sign be? Be they they might as well have cut to her like sitting on the toilet, like lowering her newspaper and being like, what? <laughs> yeah, and uh, I don't know. Rogue Squadron always made sense. There were a little Rogue Squadron, you know. Um, Rogue One, it's like you didn't set it up at all. You didn't have anyone like say like, hey, you guys can't just go rogue like this or, you know, nothing like that to like, you know, mention the word beforehand to, to have it in our minds. And suddenly he was just like, hey, what if we were Rogue One? Just, you know, because. I mean, you might have had the robot be like, you could call it literally anything, mm-hmm. literally anything. You could have called it Darth Vader's dick one. <laughs> well, we're not sure. Or none. One. Yeah. <laughs> DV dick zero. Did you like the visuals? Some of them. I mean, some of them I thought were were impressive. Like I said from the, the first teaser, there's some interesting stuff with um, the usage of light and space and what have you. Uh I, I don't know if it's like what I would call inspired by any means. My favorite visual of the movie, this is really dumb, is it's at a point, it's it's in one of the press photos of when they've actually gone to outer space Hawaii and uh, mm-hmm. Cassie Andor looks like petite and silly in his Imperial uniform and he got the robot. I just like the shot of uh, Jen Erso in the uh, TIE fighter helmet with her big eyes oh, that sticking w- out. Yeah, her like air traffic controller outfit. Yeah, she just looks so tiny and out of place, and it's mm-hmm. kind of adorable. Um, I would love to hear more. I mean, I've seen the like Gareth, whatever his name is, like play nice version. I'd love to hear more about Tony Gilroy's side <laughs> of reshoots. Well, like, I don't know, there's something about the visuals in this movie. I mean, there's a lot of really cool looking stuff, but occasionally there'd be these shots that kind of remind me of Westworld, and that, like, man, these are just like these really clean, like, super sharp like obviously like digital camera shots that they look too sharp and too nice for star wars if, if there is such a thing you know like the, it didn't have that kind of uh just like graininess that you're used to in a star wars movie mm-hmm. i don't know it it i guess that's just where we're going because of digital cameras and whatnot but i felt like like sometimes like the the low level blacks were a little too deep you know like a little too good for what you're used to in a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't like the show anyway, but um, this completely craps all over that Star Wars Rebels TV show. Like, it, they're acting like they've never really attacked the Empire before, like the Rebels here. Like, they're just a bunch of pussies. Mm-hmm. But, like, on Rebels, they're just, like, running around, like, taking out Star Destroyers constantly and, like, you know, doing all these supply raids and all kinds of shit. Yeah, I would have thought like four years later, the empire had been really ramped up to like squat, like crunch these bugs down. You know? And it was weird that like a new hope now, seemingly that is all happening after. I mean, that you can call it a victory because they got the plans, but like they lost like ninety percent of their fleet. Right, and it's like you didn't know how desperate they were before. They certainly didn't act like it. Yeah. Like they all, the rebels seem pretty chill when you get to uh, to Yavin in in the so, original Star Wars. Rebels is like 
15 years after Revenge of the Sith, right? It starts out five years before New Hope, and it's now, like, in its third season, it's, like, two years before. Okay. I mean, I know supposedly people have said that the ship is in the movie twice. Um, like, isn't the Saw Guerrero character in that show, but, like, not as old and grizzled and weird as he, he is? In he's the- from Clone Wars. Oh, okay, okay. And then I, I think, think they're going to... The they're going to bring him back to rebels. I mean, that character sucks. Like, I'm sorry. It's just boring. I don't know why they're like, Ooh, Saw Gerrera is coming to rebels. Like who cares? Boys, deception. If you continue to fight, this scene will be cut. I don't know. This <laughs> more than all the, all these details though. I've, trying to, I'm trying to picture the guy who looks like Ralph Nader from Jim Cotta talking about Saw Gerrera. <laughs> Old-fashioned military intervention is out of style. <laughs> yeah. More than any of these details, though, what what bothers me about this movie is I feel like it was written by 15-year-olds who were just like, oh, man, it's gritty Star Wars. It's so fucking hardcore. Oh, I'm just jerking off right now. Um, I just, you know, we, we joke about this as a podcast for people who don't like Star Wars fans. The, the theoretical Star Wars fans we don't like are the people who will love this movie. Because it's just indulging them. You know, it's like, oh, I just want to see Vader like wreck shit up. And it's like, yeah, that's neat. But like that scene has no integrity at all. It shouldn't be in the movie. Like you shouldn't be cheering for Vader to kill a bunch of people at the end of your movie. That's just wrong. Whoa. What is that about? Is Vader just like, man, I haven't fucked anyone up in a long time. I'm just going to pull out my big laser dick and just ram it in the dudes left and right. I mean, like. He does he ever draw his like lightsaber for no reason, you know, in, in the other movies? Well, I think there's a reason. I mean, it's fucked a bunch of people up, but but I mean, like in, in a new lightsaber? hope, he did not lead the charge when when they uh stormed the tent before they let the stormtroopers do it. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, to me, what this could only be about like Vader's just like it's working some shit out, yeah, I need to work some shit out, but like. They're, I can't go back to the castle for a while. They're really scraping and cleaning up that back to tank. But it that, is filthy. That whole scene was just designed to be fan service, though. It wasn't even like, like it's populated by a bunch of red shirts, so you don't care that they get killed. It's just yeah. really cool to see Vader like kill a bunch of dudes. If that had been, say, like Jin or Cassian, like a character he'd been following, and they're the last one to bite it from Vader as they like hand the plans off, then he wouldn't be cheering so much, I wouldn't think, or maybe he would because those characters suck. But theoretically, he'd be like, oh no, like it would be a horrifying, like you should like feel like sick to your stomach when Vader shows up because you know what's coming. Instead, if people are just like standing up and cheering and being like, yeah. And it's like the wait, but he's the bad guy. You're not supposed to cheer that. Yeah. Yeah, that would that would make a, a lot more sense. And it, it, that to me is the kind of thing where somebody like, say, J.J. Abrams was making this movie. They would have been like, no, 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 that that feels wrong. You can't just put that kind of fan service there. It's going to like the tone is all wrong. But Gareth Edwards does not seem to have that problem. Oh, man. I mean, like coming out of this movie, I thought I liked the work that J.J. Abrams did before. Mm hmm. Holy shit, he seems like a genius now. Well, I think you really start to appreciate how good his character work is and how good he is at landing the big emotional moments. Well, just synthesizing Star Wars. I mean, his movies, for lack of a better word, felt like Star Wars. This movie did not. Like it, you know, combination of the score, a muddled plot, you know, 
lame acting, the well, kind of like attempt at like a gray morality where Star Wars is supposed to be fairly black and white. I've I've uh, had three people ask me today what I thought of the movie, and I think to each one my my first response was uh, it's just more of a generic war movie than a Star Wars movie, and the response has always been like, oh, isn't that the title? Isn't it about Star Wars? And I'm like, if you think Star Wars is just about like war, like you don't get Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Like you've just you've missed the point. And it's uh, not like I saw all these people are like, oh man, it's really brave of Disney to kill off all the characters. And it's like, was it all all the expendable characters we don't care about? Was it really that brave? Like they like we all knew they were going to do it anyway. Like I'm not prepared to give them a ton of credit for that. You know, I'll give them credit for putting more diversity into the cast, but not for them killing off a bunch of characters because they, they wouldn't have been in the later movies anyway. Yeah. I noticed that, excuse me, uh, Breitbart did a swift about face that uh, this obviously went from being an anti-Trump movie <laughs> quickly being a pro-Trump movie because it made some money. Yeah, whatever. They didn't, you know, like, if people are, if even if they wanted to complain about this movie being anti-fascist, which all Star Wars movies are, like, just by default, like, it's not like they really ever totally nailed it with a specific speech or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they could have it, had Mon Mothma give a speech there to kind of really sell why the rebellion exists. And then she just didn't No, But also, yeah, the people who who've never gotten that star Wars is anti-fascist. Like it's about like a, a, a corn fed, you know, farm boy going off of a bearded mystic <laughs> well, I- to fight the power. If you didn't get that the Empire is fascist before, I just I, what fucking movie were you watching? Like, it's but, about I mean, as obvious as it can possibly be. Especially since there's that scene in Jedi where Palpatine refuses to release his tax records and then gropes his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I um, I've been looking at the forums. It seems like people are more divided than The Force Awakens, but still most Star Wars fans are just like, oh my god, that was the best movie ever, just because they got to see Vader at the end. I feel like this movie is very skilled at like dropping in lots of like fan service, like shiny objects in front of the audience. To be like, check it out, guys. It's Red Leader. It's Vader. This is a fun movie, right? Just don't also, think about like the beginning when you're jumping around from planet to planet and like nothing happened. I don't want them to turn Darth Vader to Boba Fett for me. Um, well, it's weird to me. It's like if you were going to put Vader in at all, why not have him be the main villain? Yeah. Like at least him, like you're not doing weird CGI and you can just put a dude in a suit and have James Earl Jones do the voice. Like to, to me, that's at least like replace the Tarkin with Vader. Yeah. Like, so I want to say at a certain point, Krennic just like goes to wind a Vader and he's just like, shut the fuck up. By the way, go to this uh, planet because that's where the third act of the movie is going to happen. You should be there. Uh, also, blue milk. Oh, guys, it's blue milk. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to see. I collected a couple comments I saw on the forums that I felt like really nailed it. Um, and no attributes, but, uh, you know, you're on the internet. You can find them if you really care. One of those guys said, uh, Rogue One has all the problems of a high-budget, effects-heavy action-adventure franchise temple. Uh, it excels at doing the things that can be done well at a high price. And it falters uh, at the things that are hard to do well in general and aren't a, fun- a function of the production budget. Which I feel like it is totally true. Like, you can 
put like crazy action scenes in a movie and like all these amazing special effects, but like you can't throw money at a script or at least only so much, you know, they even threw some money at Tony Gilroy to come in and reshoot. And still the story kind of, kind of blows. And you know, as I feel like I should have given this disclaimer already, as you know, from listening to this podcast, if you have been, I've never been excited about this movie. And also it was a bad idea um, because who really cares how they stole the Death Star plans, but them actually stealing the Death Star plans is certainly the only good part of this movie to me. Like it's all the rest of the crap that's like bad. It's like when they actually get to the stealing the plans part, it's like, hey, this is at least an action movie now. Well, and also Tahiti was like the only relatively new locale, you know. Yeah, beach planet. Um, but yeah, I think if you listen to this podcast, you know that when, when Benjamin Light says, and now some complaints, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, he's undoing the belt. Um, well, I mean, let's, let's be fair. Like I've never been jazzed about the entire existence of this movie. Even when they first announced that they're going to do any spinoff movies at all, we, you know, you can check the podcast feed. They're in there. We talk about them and we're like, huh, I don't know what they do. It seems like those would be weird. I don't know how they'd fit in. Mm -hmm. And I still think that, you know, they haven't changed my mind yet. Yeah. I mean, Krennic just seems like an idiot. Like, who do you think you work for? <laughs> well, and this is the only guy in the whole galaxy that can design your super laser. No one's, like, checking his work. Yeah, seriously. Who are all these other assholes you're set to kill? Like, Yeah, another comment here says, uh, it's like they never actually figured out why this story was worth telling. So they got to work explaining things that didn't need explaining. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. It's making about the money it expected to make, you know, 60%-ish of uh The Force Awakens take like I I'll bet this movie makes uh, a little over 400 million. That's that's where I'd see it ending up. Mm. Which is I mean, fine. I, would- I mean, that's it was never going to do Force Awakens money, but I, I'm glad it's not totally failing. I guess, but I don't, I don't want to encourage Disney to like indulge in this like Star Wars needs to be dark and gritty. Like, like, fight that impulse, you know. Like, don't give in to the super fans on that. Well, don't necessarily jump into like prequel territory. Um, I feel like there's got to be much more interesting, you know, before the stuff you knew stories to tell than any of this. I mean, this movie would have, I would have called this movie fan fucking tastic if there had been a trailer or a teaser for episode eight at the end. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) You know, what's weird is that like, as I said, I I never really wanted to see a movie about how they still desperate plans, but like if you put a gun to my head and said, okay, well they're making one. What, what would you assume it's going to be about? And be like, I don't know, like some spies and maybe a heist or something. But there really is no heist here. They just like they have like a cover for like a little bit and they get to where they need to go like super quickly. And their covers blown. They just lock the door. There wasn't a whole lot of like tradecraft or subterfuge, really. Yeah, there there needed to be tradecraft. There needed to be that thing where it's like the two of you. This wasn't Ocean's Eleven in space for sure. 
the two of you are going to go in here and it's like, you've got to distract like the VIP who's visiting the station and, and you flirt with him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you got to get his, doors, his ID badge or something the like that. The doors open and it's Vader and they're like, <laughs> oh shit. Does that guy even have a dick? <laughs> the only good part of Now You See Me Too is that, uh, when they assume that Lizzie Kaplan is the floozy, <laughs> when they're doing oh, that yeah. same thing. And it's actually, uh, the Jesse Eisenberg character in the distraction. <laughs> well, uh, what was I watching? I think it was the red letter media one. They're saying like, what if like a, a way to work Tarkin in would be like, what if one of them has some sort of like holographic, like uh, mask of Tarkin? They're like impersonating Tarkin, which would excuse it not looking perfect, you know? And then it like, you know, it could start to malfunction while they're in the middle of something, you know, like they're, they're stealing something there. It's like, Oh, it's a heist movie, but th- there is no heist. Like it was just Wait. weird that they turned it into a war movie instead of a, you know, like a spy movie. Do you actually have that person's screen name or whatever? Oh, that was from, um, red letter media. Okay. Red letter media. needs to get a check from the mission impossible franchise rather than like doing weird latex things <laughs> or whatever from now on, they should just do holographic face masks. Well, you know, that was in the uh, the Wraith Squadron books, sequel to the Rogue Squadron books. Oh, was speaking, it? Speaking of Rogue One, in Wraith Squadron, one of the members of their, like, team of, like, assorted special forces, like, badasses, is a former actor. And his whole thing is he's the con artist of the team. He impersonates Imperials. And at one point, he does do a thing where they, like, map on someone else's appearance in a hologram so he can, like, fake being a general. I mean, it's not like there isn't source material they can go mine out there, even within Star Wars for this. But instead, they're just like, they didn't have to do any work really to find out where they needed to go. Galen told them everything. Mm. And so they just, it's like, go to the records planet. So they're like, okay, we're just going to go here. There's only one building on this whole planet. So we need to know where to, you know, we know where to go. We're just going to break in. Oh, as the guy who, who was, some kind of form of the architect of the Death Star, but not because he's just basically, he basically just created some kind of process it uses, right? Because obviously there was Death Star plans back in Attack of the Clones. But I mean, like, he's now theoretically working in some kind of captive quality control function of his team on the right mm-hmm. planet. Like, yeah. you tell me, he doesn't have plans <laughs> that he's working with? Well, go to the archive planet. Like, couldn't you... Not not the location itself. The beach location's neat and all, but like this idea of a place you would need to go to steal the Death Star plans, it just like the archive planet. Like I don't know, there could have been something more interesting. I guess to me, like that's not a bad tip to go there to get it. It's a bad tip when it comes from the scientist who helped build it, <laughs> who was well, still like, working in some capacity on the project. In a better movie, that would have been the info you receive possibly in like the first 10 minutes and they try to go there and it doesn't work or something like that, you know, like, like they're, they, they get told they need to steal these plans. They just go immediately there or not immediately there, but when they get their shit together, they just go there and steal them. There is no kind of twist on it or anything. Mm-hmm. There's no second act failure. Well, there is a second act failure, but it's not, Something the characters deal with. Well, half the dialogue they gave to Galen in his hologram should have been dialogue that he had as he's dying on a uh, Edu there. Like that, 
that was just weird that they like front loaded all the emotional stuff so that by the time he died, he was just like Stardust croak, you know. <laughs> PT Dubs, some of the greenest people I know because I killed them by June video. You remember when, uh, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Hannibal there, like whipped Daniel Craig's balls in Casino Royale. <laughs> I thought about that for a minute as we were watching Rogue One. <laughs> He died scratching my balls. Like if Diego Luna was like a little bit to the left. <laughs> I mean, they could have done a bit where they're like, they're going to go break this guy out on Edu. And he's like, no, I can't. They'll kill everyone in this facility if I go. Like, I don't know. Like, there's all sorts of different possibilities for drama they could put in there. And they went with the most boring one. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they could have had like yet another character who's like, no, no. I'm going to stay here while this place blows up around me. <laughs> They're just like, fuck it. I want out of this movie. It's a recurring theme of characters in this movie. <laughs> I'm the most hardcore rebel there is. The regular rebellion doesn't like me because of it. Oh, the plant's exploding. Ah, fuck it. I'm done. <laughs> Whatever. Come at me, sweet darkness. I'm so high on outer space <laughs> opiates anyway. I've been sucking down this nitrous for so long. <laughs> this isn't actually for my health. I just have an addiction. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't like a Bane thing or I need it. Poor I mean, you. I need it, but. Yeah. Rogue One. I don't know what else to say about this movie. Good bully for all the people who like it, I guess. I don't know. I just, I wasn't feeling it. I mean, I give it like a six out of 10. Trying to trying to be nice about it, mm. and that's mostly just for the third act. Like, if I could just go buy a ticket mm. and be like, I'd, I'd like to come in. Is there a showing I can go to that's like they're almost a scarif? Can I just go see that showing? I'll just be in and out of there in forty five minutes. It'd be great. Which is funny. I remember um, I saw Dark Knight Rises twice in the theater, mm-hmm. uh, and there was something that I was doing. I was going somewhere to be at a a certain time, but I had some time to kill and I was over by a movie theater. And I really thought about at the time paying money just to watch (laughs) the first 45 minutes of dark Knight rises again, which I think is to me like my favorite part of the movie. Do you feel in charge? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm trying to remember what is, what is, what is Krennic's lines in that movie? It didn't work. My friend, (laughs) I, I want to say there is a uh, almost a moment in Rogue One where they're talking about who's in charge with him and Tarkin, and like I was just thinking about that the whole time. <laughs> I mean, Vader just needs to show up and be like, "Do you feel in charge?" That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you. I would have, I would have been happy if, like, at that point, Marion Cotillard like walked in and just pushed Krennic off a catwalk. Mm. There like, you go. Now I'm in charge. <laughs> Would you have been? You'll just have to imagine the fire. <laughs> would you? How? What would? How can I phrase this? Um, but thumbs up or thumbs down if there was some sort of tie-in to the Force Awakens or Episode Eight. I've been long saying that I I don't know how you do these and don't have a tie-in. Well, now you do. <laughs> Is there one? Cause, well, no, because they just did it without a tie-in, so that's how they yeah. did it. Yeah. I think it's stupid that they didn't, um, personally. I, it doesn't have to be a huge thing, but I mean, 
you've got this dumb, needless prequel. Like, you might as well have something that ties into your fucking Even if it was, franchise. yeah, post parents or something. I don't know. Because, I mean, this is... Episode 7, 8, 9 are the future of the franchise. Mm-hmm. These little distractions are fun. That's all, what makes but... it so weird, is that it's like, hey, it's 30 years in the future. It's a new story with new characters. Oh, but hey, we're just going to duck back in for this like weird little, like mini side prequel thing before a new hope. Well, and a lot of your casual people mm-hmm. go to movies and they don't really know what's going on. And they they're don't like, really man, Poe Dameron got a lot less charming. And why is Ray so stiff and boring? Exactly. I've had to explain to a lot of people that this is not a sequel to <laughs> force. Begins. Um, you know, like your, your grandmas and your aunts and your uncles and your yeah. things like that. Like the, the friend of your mom, you know, let me let me throw out an idea that I feel like everyone would hate. What if instead of these spinoffs, you embraced the kind of original serialized nature of Star Wars and it's like everything's an episode? It would have been fine. Like, so if you want to do a side story that's not about your main characters, it's just episode whatever, and we're just going to like cut to these other characters. And we won't get back to that other storyline till the next one. Right. I don't know. Like, I feel like, like a lot of people. Ongoing TV show. <laughs> somewhat, but like more, you know, serialized movie though, you know, like, but you have the, you have the ability to just be like, we'll get back to what's going on with Ray and Finn in a, in a minute. But first Poe Dameron has his own side mission that we're going to follow or something like that. Or, you know, even with other characters entirely. I don't, I don't know. I don't think anyone, anyone, anywhere is complaining about like a Poe Dameron movie. No. I feel like people are into it. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people wouldn't like that because like the saga films like have to be like the Skywalker important films or whatever. But I would rather they were just like, we're just going full serial. Every episode is going to be its own thing. Sometimes it's about the Skywalker. Sometimes it's not. Like I'd rather they did that than like these weird spinoffs that like they just like they're prequels kind of and they just slot in wherever and they mm-hmm. only really exist to be like to just to like kind of like jerk off Star Wars fans and be like, hey, we're just going to show you a bunch of stuff you always thought you wondered how it happened. Well, now you get to know this is how Han Solo won the Millennium Falcon. This is uh, why you should never tell him the odds. This, this is, is the uh, little maneuver at the Battle of Tanab that uh, Lando Calrissian did. This is the uh, this is how Lando got addicted to Colt forty fives. This is how Lando met Lobot. <laughs> Fucking Lobot. That's they better have Lobot in that movie. I'm gonna be so mad if they don't. Yeah. I don't know. It's like just move forward. Like tell new stories rather than just going back and being like, but did you know there's a reason they were able to find that flaw in the Death Star? Here's a whole movie about it. I I'm willing to bet you that there is a percentage of people who walked out of this movie, like hands in the air, like there were no boffins in that movie. Oh God, I keep saying that online. It drives me insane. They didn't die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I assume you've seen the uh, the Manny Bothins joke at some point or other on the internet. No, what is this? It's where instead of M A N Y, like like the the word for a lot of something it's m-a-n-n-y like manny 
Okay. Uh, like Manny Bothins is a person's name. Okay. Have you, you seen that at all online? No. I feel like I've seen that joke get made over and over in the past like two to three years. I'd never seen it anywhere before it. I don't know if it's like originally from a TV show or something, but I, I just, my feeling in general is that any Star Wars fan that makes that joke isn't a true fan. Just saying. Because no one ever made that joke more than like five years ago. And now suddenly everyone's like, ho, 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 Manny Bothins. Ho, ho, ho. Like, shut the fuck up. Mm. Anyway, that's my minor nitpicking. Yeah. So, Rogue One, I guess I'll probably see it again eventually. Not as good as Empire. I went and rewatched Parts of Force Awakens today, just like cleanse the palate. Okay, so, I mean, if you had to rank all your Star Wars movies, what number is this? Uh, so my current rankings would be number one, Empire. Mm-hmm. Number two, Star Wars. Number three, The Force Awakens. Um, and those two and three there, I feel like are pretty close. Going to give the edge to Star Wars because it was first. Um, oh, I would say I would, I would agree with you because Force Awakens would be my number two. Okay. Yeah, they, they, I just I feel like I have to give the original credit, you know. Um, although I I think there's like my kind of more favorite kind of big emotional moments that come in Force Awakens yeah anyway number four Return of the Jedi number five Revenge of the Sith number six Rogue One number seven Phantom Menace number eight Attack of the Clones really yeah I just man Attack of the Clones now I you know that was a movie we really liked at the time and I feel like that was kind of a situation here with Rogue One where it had all this stuff it seems Star Wars, like asteroids and Boba Fett's dad and all that. But on rewatch, like the romance is so bad that it's just painful. I feel like there's more little moments that I can get nostalgic about and probably go back and enjoy than Rogue One has. For Attack of the Clones? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I mean, I could go through my whole list, but spoiler, Rogue One is number eight. I mean, if I guess in my ranking of Rogue One, I'm just kind of like ignoring everything in the first 90 minutes of that movie and just thinking about the action stuff at the end. Well, that's a way to do it. Ah, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I just, I mean, just as a movie itself, that's, I don't. That's I don't really feel grading like, on the curve. <laughs> yeah, as a movie itself, I just I don't think it's a well-made movie. Like I see people, Star Wars fans are like, "Oh, it's a masterpiece." It's like, but it isn't though. Like. There's entire scenes that like, or obviously like they reshot stuff later and they don't even fit anymore. <laughs> like, you sure the, I can't like talk the you into movie into your number eight. What's that? You sure I can't talk you into moving into your number eight? Uh, I'm going to leave it at six for now. Try not. Do you hear yourself? Yeah, I know. You said it's not a well-made movie. <laughs> I know. Huh. Anyway. Yeah. That's where I'm ranking it right now. I'll let it sit at number six. I uh, I don't think it's going to age well. I think that this movie of all the Star Wars movies is like in five years, everyone's going to be like, ah, just watch the end of it. The rest is terrible. I mean, I suppose there's a version of this movie that could have been good, even if my misgivings about the general concept of it, but it wasn't this movie. Mm-hmm. So that was Greedo shot first. Sorry if you like the movie. Um, we will be back. I don't know whenever they put out a trailer for episode eight. I guess, right? Um, which probably won't be. What did uh, Kathleen Kennedy say? Like to April? <laughs> I think she said spring. Yeah. So, um, 
I mean, I'm sure we'll be back with something before that. Maybe. I mean, I guess we'll have to see what what, I, what happens. Some kind of new news or something. I wish there was a way we could do this more. Yeah, I like talking about Star Wars. I don't know. Should we do a, like a speculative episode eight podcast? Like, it was a lot of fun to like speculate about what episode seven would be about before we knew anything about it. And like, once you start finding out stuff about it, then it like it, you know, it kind of like drastically limits what it could be about i guess mm-hmm. yeah maybe uh, <laughs> i just saw a reminder that we have an episode called happy star wars day josh drank <laughs> <laughs> oh, good job us because you got fired <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times god can you imagine what his fucking star wars movie would have been oh oh god i would have featured miles teller oh and Boba Fett. That was, it was going to be a Boba Fett movie, so oh, just know oh. it was bad. Oh. And you know that Miles Teller would be doing an interview where he'd be like, oh, I don't actually like Star Wars. And mm-hmm. my, Bo- my Boba's a, he's more of a punk rock asshole. <laughs> All right. Well, may the force be with you. Always. Always.